We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast with my trusty co-host my better half who um we were just having a conversation about what you call your significant others we won't have that conversation right now um i'll just say he's he's uh, my good friend and co-host jeremy cohen hello jeremy hey john how are you i'm great <laughs> We've just been talking for about 45 minutes uh, off off air, so we're, we may already be a little loopy, um, but we're always loopy, right? Yeah, you know, and again, like it's been not even really a day since I've had a beer and uh, I'm dying. I don't know how I'm going to make it till next Sunday. I'm not I'm just, an alcoholic. I just, you know, like it's the sort of thing where, and I don't even drink that much. It's the idea of that I can't have it. That's always convincing me. when you start off. I'm not an alcoholic <laughs> with, I don't really drink that much. <laughs> I'm just happy that my mother raised me in a faith that never requires me to bypass uh, drinking alcohol. So that's good. Yeah. We well, get, hey, we I get mean, alcohol at our, at our, at the mass. That's what we, we drink the wine. There you go. There you and go. listen, I mean, I'm not, I'm allowed to drink wine. I'm, Seeing a three quarters empty Manischewitz bottle, which like has so much sugar that I think I developed diabetes, didn't go to bed till two last night because I was just so animated. So, you know, that's fine. It, that's the way it works. Fantastic. Uh, we're off to a rousing start. Um, well, listen, in fairness, we're loopy and we're coming off of, so we're recording this as we always do on Sunday. Um, we are coming off the loopiest night of 
the year for the Knicks, I think. That was a weird one. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about their play over the last week in a second. But first, um, just really quick postmortem on the deadline. For anybody who missed it, Jeremy and I did a full two-hour um, trade deadline live stream in which we reacted to um, everything that was happening. There was much anticipation, and then 3 o'clock came and went, and there was much whatever is the opposite of anticipation. <laughs> de de, de- Anticipation? That's not a word. Um, it is now. If if, it is uh, now. if trajection can be a word, <laughs> then then so can that. So um, let's just let's put a put a bow on that. I mean, I um, I think I mentioned it on the live stream after uh, the the Bucks game, but I'll, I'll say it again because I want to give credit because I thought it was a good point. Um, Jack Huntley of uh, of Strickland fame. Um, responded to my uh, article on Friday in which I basically said, like, we it's time where we kind of have to stop giving them credit for not doing anything stupid because this cap space is now, like, it's not expired yet, but the, the fat lady's warming up. Um, and, you know, they we've all been waiting for them to be creative with this and they're still not, they still haven't done anything with it. Uh, granted, between when we're recording this and tomorrow, when you're listening to this, they could have signed you know, someone, but it's probably not anybody special. Um, but his point was not doing anything is, is different than not being in on stuff and being in on conversations and being ready to pounce and being able to divert and, 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 uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but like approach it as like, look, we're going to take every opportunity on its face. We're going to judge it and we're going to act accordingly. And it sounds like that is what they did. And there was no opportunity that they felt was worth pouncing on much like this summer. So with a little bit of hindsight, this might be a little homerific of me. It might be a little glass half full, but like I have zero regrets about how they approached the trade deadline and um, I'm cool or sorry. Yeah. Trade deadline. I'm cool with it. That's it. Yeah. The approach was there. I mean, you think about back in the summer of 2019 when you know, the idea of KD and another star was there and we were very excited at the possibility yeah. of it. And Iguodala gets dealt to the Grizzlies for a protected first round pick. And then the Knicks kind of turned around and just paid a lot of guys, a lot of money to come to New York to just fall below whatever expectations were. Yeah. And it's that, it's that type of thinking that is gone. Yes. The, the ability to step back and say, we don't have to go in on this year. We have time. It's on our side. We have patience to do these things. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if there were a deal that it was like the Knicks were so desperate on being buyers or doing something and they just completely disregarded their cap space to, to get assets, like that like would be Like for a 30-year-old uh, center who uh, doesn't appreciably raise your ceiling as a championship contender and you give up uh, two, well, three, if you count Wendell Carter Jr. picks to get, yeah, like that. Yeah, and I, I hated what the Bulls did. I really, I, like I do. Um, but that's- you know, they're trying to keep Levine happy and that's fine. But I think that the Knicks are in a very similar situation in that Levine and uh, Julius Randle about the same age. They are, you know, have the same contract, basically the same amount, except for the fact that Julius is now going to make a little bit more and they're going to end at the same time. And yet you've got one timeline where one front office is like, let's go, let's, let's build around him now. And you have the other, it's like, we're doing fine. Just, doing what we're doing and being prudent. And when the opportunity strikes, we'll have the the means to do so. So yeah. it's hard for me to be upset. I wish that something did happen. And I agree. 
Uh, and I, I even said this uh, as well, like you can't say like, oh, it's great that they didn't do anything or that they didn't do anything bad. We can't look at it like that. Yeah, it's nice and no move is better than a bad move, but you just, I don't think the bar should be that low, but it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm just curious if they are going to use it at all in terms of at the draft because <laughs> you can't trade expiring contracts. So yep. that means you're taking on money for the following year. How interested are the Knicks going to be in, you know, taking up five, 10, however many millions? You know, we talked about Bledsoe. Are yeah. the Knicks going to be that interested in taking on his $18 million expiring effectively? Because I know that the, the year after that's non-guaranteed and you could always stretch that. Point and, being, and, and someone else's name has been in the news the last 24 hours, Al Harford, right. um, which we don't, I don't know if we need to talk about him today, but there, there will be things out there for them to contemplate. Is, yes, is it's just a question of whether that's necessarily the way they want to operate because they've been pretty adamant about like, let's be flexible. Yeah. Um, and, and like, if you really want to look at this glass half full, part of the reason why they didn't weren't sitting there feeling the pressure to do something is because they had done a good job thus far getting to the team to the point where there was no pressure on them, which kind of circular logic. But um, we also have some breaking news, Jeremy. Um, the Knicks have waived. This was well, yeah. one of these was reported yesterday. Um, who, who reported they had they were going to waive Poirier? I for, was it Berman? Might have been. I think it was Berman. Um, so credit to him for that. But we got a, the official statement. The Knicks have waived Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name uh, correctly. I think it's Poirier. Poirier? Poirier. 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 If my French comes, seven years of French comes in handy. seven years of French? I did. All Holy through shit. high school and uh, th- about three years in college. And now I barely use it. So um what a waste. Congrats. I mean, I, I took three years of Latin. I could, I, all I remember is Agricola, Agricolum. I, you know, I actually also took three years of Latin. There you go. You probably in middle school, and I don't remember shit. So it's a dead language for a reason, right? This is the appropriate conversation to be having as Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier uh, get waived um, <laughs> because it's about as interesting as they are. Um, so, but this, but, well, hold on though. This is interesting because they, they are doing this today. Not tomorrow, not a week from now, not a month from now. The, the, the question now begs to be asked, why? So two roster spots. Um, we, I, so we were going to talk about their play this week, but I guess let's, let's speculate now. Drummond's going to Lakers. That's not, I don't think it's official, but it's all but official. Um, Zhang, Gorgie Zhang, who a lot of fans were hopeful for, is um, headed to San Antonio. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, LaMarcus Aldridge is headed to uh, Brooklyn, um, which is going to be interesting. And um, the Knicks need a big man um, because I uh, talk about burying the lead. We've been having this podcast for a while and I uh, haven't mentioned Mitchell Robinson's name. He's going to be out for a while. We're going to we're going to spend some time on him later. But um, they need a big man. And everybody figured that would the big man would take the Poirier spot. But now they have two spots. Interesting. That's all. Yeah. It's interesting. I think so too. I, um, you know, Terrence Ferguson really wasn't going to get much playing time. And he hadn't played in two years for all intents and no. purposes. And, yeah. and if we're being honest and keeping it 100, he had some things in his personal life that were very uncomfortable. And I have to speak freely and that I'm really, you know, if those things are indeed true, it's kind of nice to not have to have that type of baggage with a player on that team. Yeah. But in terms of the roster spot, so 
the fact that also Jabari Parker and um, Fiondu Cabangeli were also, uh, they cleared waivers today. I mean, with Parker, we, the connection with Scott Perry is certainly there. How much of a role Scott Perry has, right? Am I right? I'm, or am I completely blanking on, uh, no, I, on their no, connection? I think, I think Perry... There's an agent connection that well, isn't there's, his. There, no, you're not making this up. There's, that's, some there's been that's reporting. There. You keep talking and I'm going to right. Google this. And then Cab and Jelly, I feel like I know that there were uh, the idea. There was the idea of him potentially coming over in the Marcus Morris trade. That didn't come to fruition. Of course, the Knicks do need a center. So, you know, like they could go after someone like Henson. There are tons of other options on the market. Given Cabin Jelly's age, I'm curious if they would consider bringing him in. Um, and then this is obviously a joke, but the idea of having another Canadian with RJ Barrett would be very crucial to his development. Um, yeah, so you know, I don't know if either of those guys is going to be someone who's viable, but the one thing I will say is by the Knicks bringing in now two people, two players most likely, filling a 15-man roster, that's going to cut further into their salary into their payroll, which like the Knicks are very close to, I think they're about $3 million away from getting above the cap floor, which doesn't really matter because all they have to do if they don't reach it is uh, take the amount, the difference, and then spread it out amongst the players. But the other opportunity that they do have is if there's a player who gets waived, the Knicks could absorb that contract into their cap space if they have an open roster spot. Yeah, and take that player that way. I'm not saying they will do it because they could also say like, well, why absorb that contract and pay more when if they clear so, waivers, we could just pay them the minimum amount. So what you're let's specify this because this is confusing for some folks. I think when a player gets waived and a, a, every other team has the opportunity to put in a a waiver claim. A, a, yes, thank you. They can thank claim you. that player for the and Knicks, to pay him easy. the salary that he is on the books for this season. And Correct. if nobody claims him, which nobody really ever does claim these players, then he becomes a free agent. He can sign with whoever he wants. So, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and I mean, the advantage for a lot of these, you know, teams, or rather, the, the advantage for a team like the Knicks is that they can just absorb a player into their cap space because they have the ability to do that. Other teams. They don't have the money or the exception or the way to make it work. We should also say, um, just because we're on the topic of it, two other options or one other option, I should say, is they could convert um, any two-way contracts, which are currently occupied by Theo Pinson and Jared Harper, into uh, regular deals, which we remember they did with um, Alonzo Trier a couple of years ago. Um, so that's something else. Um, Although I have to say, I'd be a little surprised if they did. And the reason is that, Pinson, I think, is in his third year. So he's done with the G League, the two-way equivalent yeah. after that. Because the, the two-way contract works in that you can only have three years of eligibility. Yeah. So once that happens, they'll probably sign him when they're capped out this summer to, in a, to a, like a minimum year, you know, partial guarantee, whatever it's going to be. Because if they do it now and sign him to a multi-year deal, it's only going to cut into cap space. Yes. So, yes. Thank you. Right. And then Theo, uh, not Theo Pinson, because we just talked about him. Jared Harper, I think second has, year. he's in his second he year. He has right. another year left. So keeping him in the two-way slot works and then they don't have to worry about it and they can figure something else out. So just um, something to keep in mind for you at home. Yes. Um, to, uh, just to wrap up our point, Jabari Parker, there was a report um, back in December of 2018 when Scott Perry was the GM that the, the team had shown some preliminary interest in trading for Jabari Parker. I think you're probably just thinking of the fact that like Scott Perry seems to relish like 
these kind of broken four- lottery picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, good for him. Um, I think that's, I think that pretty much covers that. It, oh, oh, one other thing we should say, if you're like, if you're listening to this and you're like, what, wait, hold on. The Knicks just made a trade for players and then they just wave them. Like what, why did they do this trade? Um, didn't they just draft Iggy Brasdakis? Remember the Knicks did get a second round pick out of this um, potentially too, although the second one is heavily, heavy protected and it's, it's not going to convey unless it's like a bottom five pick, but they are going to get Philly's pick this year, um, which, you know, who knows what they have their eye on in the draft, but we should just note that draft rights, uh, baby draft Get those rights. international draft rights. You can draft and draft and stash stash. Them. Um, okay. Before we get to Mitch um, and the roster spots, well, we actually, we just talked about the roster spots. So um, before we get to Mitch, uh, let's talk a little bit about this week because it'll lead up to the conversation about Mitchell Robinson. So since we last spoke, the Knicks played the Washington wizards. Uh, wait, actually, Holy shit. I'm sorry. This just hit me. The Knicks are on a three-game winning streak. Yes, they are. Holy shit. What a world. Mm-hmm. They, they've won all three games since we, not since we last spoke, and they should, they should have won all four games because the, um, the nonsense that, that, that took place at the end of the uh, second uh, Philly game. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, God, could you imagine if they were on a five-game winning streak right now? Well, it'd be incredible, but also the Hornets lost today. So, so the, Knicks, yeah. the Knicks, I think, are the fourth seed, right? They are the they are alone in the fourth seed as we record this. The Hawks are playing tonight after we record this. If the Hawks win that game, then they will go into a, a tie with the Knicks for fourth. So they'll either uh, wake up Monday morning in a tie for fourth or in sole possession of fourth, which, I mean, just... And that's the tiebreaker. Knicks beat the Hawks twice. There you go. It is so. very true. Um, yeah. So it, what a world. It, it's just fantastic. Look, it's been, it's been an interesting week. Um, they have, it's weird because they're on a three game winning streak. And at the same time, they've played. Do you want to say six or seven of the worst quarters they've played all year? Because they, so let's just go back for a second. The first game against Washington, they came out, it was a close game, and then they put their foot down and Washington just skunked away and their coaches and players said after the game, like, we didn't compete. Washington came out, next game, competed a little bit more, and the Knicks played as about as bad as they could play for three quarters. And then um, R.J. Barrett kind of took the team and put it on his back, and um, they had their maybe their best quarter of the season, one of their best quarters of the season. They won the game. And then... I don't know how to talk about the Milwaukee game that happened last night. Um, do you know how to talk about it? Because I don't. Um, but I'll be, they're 3-0. I'll be honest. Uh, for the Milwaukee game, it, of course, coincided with Passover. Yeah, So that's right. I caught it at the end of the third quarter. Um, oh, okay. And I got to see the shit show for what it was after that. The and whole game was... The, it, was the, just a it was It was just the oddest game you could ever want to watch. Yeah. Well, from what I follow, I mean, the idea of playing against the zone... When it's like you're playing the G League Bucks, the whole game, yeah. <laughs> and look, they t- to their credit, they took 44 threes. So it's it's um, the most this season. It's among the most they've ever taken as a franchise. It's a lot of threes. Yeah. They hit a fair amount of them. They were making the right pass to the whoever the big man in the paint. Sometimes it was RJ in the paint and trying to like, you know, you could quibble with Tibbs starting three non shooters, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how to discuss that game. But they're three and zero this week, so they yeah. Go. Um, 
should we be how should we be feeling about the Knicks right now? This is a Knicks podcast. How should we be feeling about the Knicks? <laughs> Great. Three wins. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that the Knicks beat the Bucks. The, the Knicks beat a team that has Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton under contract. <laughs> That's how I'm going to walk away from this from because that is a factually true statement and I stand by it. Well, so can we just say this? This year in the NBA has just been fucking batshit. Like after the game, after I got done with the live stream, I went in and I was watching um, Pelicans um, Mavs, uh, obviously putting putting my Pelicans hat on. Um, and uh, the Mavs were without um, uh, Luka Doncic and um, whoever their second leading scorer is. Name is Maxi Kleber. No, it's another big doofy white guy. I forget uh, his name. Um, Boban. It, that's it. Yeah. yeah. No, but I saw Bobana. It's somebody else. Anyway, they were without both of those players. And um, the uh, they were in New Orleans. And this was a tie game, you know, late in the last several minutes. And, like, New Orleans had their full arsenal, except for Lonzo, um, which I guess we should probably mention his name at some point, even though we talked about him a lot the other day. Um, anyway, but, like, you know, um, Pel- Pelicans are desperate for a win. They're home. They're playing a de- – like – and that's just one example there. You, like, literally turn on your TV. If you have league pass any night, you're going to cr- come across a game where you're like, how is this team in this game? The, the magic after they traded away half their team where they covered the spread against the Blazers the other day. It's like it, granted the Blazers without Dame, but like still a lot of weird shit happens. So I don't want to take the Knicks victory. And by the way, they were missing their MVP. And yes, I'm going to call him their MVP because we've all talked about it. Where would the Knicks be without Julius Randle this year? So I don't want to poo-poo that victory and be like, it means nothing. It means something. And the fact that they're 3-0 and the fact that they didn't blow that game when they could have very easily blown that game means something. So I feel good, too. We both feel good. That's great. Especially after the gut-wrenching losses to Philly and the loss to Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, when you can't yeah. get those games... You, you just take the ones that you have to win. Even if you played like horseshit against the Wizards, doesn't matter. You, you walked away with the win. If anything, it showed to me that R.J. Barrett knows how to be resilient and carry his team. Alec Burks, just his last five games, he has been on fire. That's what I take away from it. Let's, and, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, that, that, that's, that's, I can't, I can't be... I don't want to say I'm being unhappy with wins because they're wins. You, yeah. you just take them and you run with them. And it, it makes up for those games that felt so close and felt so deserving, whether or not Joel Embiid or Kevin Durant were even playing. They weren't. The Knicks were also missing some key guys. Obviously, they don't compare to the stars that I just listed. But you no. want those wins. And at the end of the day, if one of those or two of those games even, let's say one, let's say one of those games was the difference between the Knicks being, say, like, the fifth seed and facing one of any of the teams in that like four to yeah. 10 cluster or finishing sixth and having to face one of the big or three or, or finishing it from seven to 10 and having to be a playing team. That one win is all that's going to matter. And it will make a huge difference because we're not talking about like the Knicks have to win this game. It's a must win or they're screwed. It's like, we've got a seven game series against teams that are very comparable. I like our <laughs> odds. And who would have thought that we could say that this year? I like our odds. Not me. In the playoffs. Look at us. <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you believe it? No, look, um, it's a sign of progress as an organization where you win the games you're supposed to win, even if they're ugly. And this was ugly, and they still won it. 
And um, zooming out big picture, this season was about doing the things that good organizations do. And a good team wins that game and they won the game. Um, We'll do our quick progress report here. Um, You mentioned RJ Barrett's name. I think we got a little, I know you didn't watch the whole game, but I think we got a little preview last night of what RJ Barrett looks like as the first option on a team at this age. Not saying this is what he's going to look at as first option on a team moving forward, but he was inefficient. Took some, you know, shots maybe ideally that he he wouldn't have otherwise taken. Um, career high ten threes, by the way. Um, made three of them, but career high ten threes, which I actually I kind of like that. Um, also seven assists, which how you doing? Um, very nice. So we 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 saw more of like what, and that's what a twenty year old who does not have otherworldly Zion level or Luca level talents is supposed to do if he's the first option on a night, it doesn't matter who he's playing. So I thought that was a nice, a nice game from RJ overall, even though he wasn't efficient. Um, Emmanuel quickly's had a nice week, um, but we should finish off our, our progress report for this week, talking very briefly about the, the OB Knox um, develop, like the camps. I feel like there's camps now. On, online on Nick's Twitter between these two folks. Um, right now, as we sit here, Jeremy, are you in the camp of Kevin Knox needs to be getting Obi Toppin's minutes? Are you in the camp of um, Obi Toppin needs to continue playing because they just invested a first in this guy and yada, yada, yada? Or are you in the camp of like, I don't really care. This doesn't matter to me. I'm in the camp of, I don't really care. This doesn't really matter. To <laughs> How me. did I know you're going to say? <laughs> Again, listen, and, and that's not to say I don't care about either player. It's more just like, I don't see the need to drum up a way to be like, oh, right. Like, let's talk about what these like ninth versus 10th man should get the argument. But again, like I'm the person who does not really care about your end of bench guys. It's very clear based on how I've talked about Brasdakis and other guys where like, it just doesn't matter to me. Thank God we didn't get the Brasdakis outcry this week. Yes. Thank God that, that didn't happen. If you were yeah. someone out there who would be who was naturally inclined to want to do it and you held your your tongue, we thank you for that. Just want to put that out there. Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess the way I'd look at it is like I, I think that as of right now, you need to have some sort of open competition, especially if Randall's going to see time with it's a contusion, right? That's with his thigh. That's uh, what it, it is. Wait. Uh, yes, squad, it's a contusion. Right. He's and we should uh, say that he's questionable to play against Miami. Right. So, at the end of the day, whoever is getting the better minutes and contributing to winning—that's really what I care about here. But you know, like I don't see Knox having a role long term. I think Obi is the one who was drafted by this regime. Clearly, they have been playing him and prioritizing him because they still believe in his development, whether that's coming from Tibbs or from the front office directing him to give him minutes every night there. And we know that Tibbs doesn't play rookies or hasn't historically played rookies that consistently. So not, not ones that is... don't help him win basketball. Games. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me because I think that at the end of the day, they're not going to give you contributions that are so vastly different from one or the other. I'm fine with trying to figure out based on matchups and opportunities. Uh, one guy gets hot, play him. One guy isn't. Don't play him. Well, like last night, Obi played the first half. He did actually, it was weird because he made three baskets. He like looked competent on offense, had his usual defensive miscues. And then Tibbs went to Knox in the second half, left Obi on the bench. I think maybe he just felt he needed more three-point shooting. It could have been just as simple as that. 
And Obi, I mean, in, for his credit, in this, I think it was the second Wizards game, he had some really nice defensive sequences. He's so had was, a few. He yeah, it was just a nice steal to see him. and a block. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was nice to see him locked in. So, again, I don't care, but as long as one of those guys makes meaningful contributions, that's worth it. The question is, will either of them? I really don't know. I'm, I, I'm kind of dubious that they will, but I feel like now that I've said that, they'll go out and prove me wrong, not because they're listening to this, but just cosmically they hear it. And uh, I'll, I'll, I would love that. I would love to be wrong about that. So please. <laughs> I, I think for what they're asking the player that plays that role to do, which is basically stand on the outside and hit threes and occasionally put the ball on the floor. Knox is clearly better. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. About it. Does it make a material difference for them in terms of winning or losing games? I, it hasn't yet. I, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Knox hit a three last night. Maybe that was the difference in the game. Who 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 are we to say? Um, but there's also the other side of you know he's a rookie. Give him the time. Like I, to me, Obi Toppin's going to be with Obi Toppin's going to be whether or not he gets ten minutes a game or zero minutes a game for the next two months. Um, it's good. My older daughter's trying to crush my younger uh, daughter's head. Um, I don't know if you could hear the be gentle from the other room. Yes, I could, but that's okay. That's, that's what that's referring to. Please don't crush her head. Like a, you know, it's a good PSA for everyone out there. Don't crush your infant's head. Yeah. Moving right along to, um, well, I guess we could file this on a progress report too, if you want. Um, Mitchell Robinson, uh, broke his foot. We don't know what part of his foot he broke. Um, it's a fracture of some kind. Um, we don't know sitting here right now, is he going to be out a month? Is he going to be out six weeks? Is he going to be out for the rest of the year? Is this going to be something that is going to linger, um, you know, for years? Uh, and I say that only because I'm vaguely cognizant of the history of big man foot injuries in the NBA. And it's not something I want to be any more cognizant of because uh, it's not good. Um <sighs> You know, the conversation about how this how this affects the, the Knicks this season, to me, is not that interesting. It's like he's their best pick and roll big defender. He's their best pick and roll offensive player, although the picks aren't always there. But he's been setting better screens of late. Um, do I think that they could weather the storm this year? Yes. Um, I don't think it'll affect them that much. Might it be the difference in a, in a big game or a playoff game? Sure, it could be the difference. Do I think it's going to be the difference in a playoff series? Probably not. Um, I just mostly feel bad for him. 
I said that after the game last night, as I'm sure you do. Um, more interesting to me is how this affects his future with the team going forward and whether or not, as I'm sure you'll touch on now, um, this maybe increases the chances that he sticks around long-term. And I think you know where I'm going with this. So uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor to you. What are your, what are your thoughts on the Mitch uh, situation? Well, it's awful. He is their best big man. Um, I mean, assuming we're talking about at the five position, I think Randall yeah. has a significant claim for that, but it's terrible. The fact that he comes back from a freak injury and then this happens. Yeah. It's awful. Um, I mean, he's been better in terms of rebounding and boxing out. Uh, Schwinn put this to bed, at least I hope so. But the idea of Mitch being yeah, uh, I don't want to hear injury that. prone. It, it's he's just not. He's not. Um, so you know, I mean, you just yes, the idea of him being here long term. I'd be lying if the first thought that came to my mind after seeing that it was like, oh my god, this sucks. He just fractured his foot. What's going on here? And it was like, okay, well. What does this mean for the future? How, how, how our minds work. It was the same right. thought that passed through my mind. I'd be lying too if I said it wasn't. Right. And, you know, it's funny because there is this uh, sort of inside joke with the Strickland that I hate Mitchell Robinson. I, and I don't. Someone on Twitter, actually, I don't know if they were a Strickland person, but I, I glanced at Twitter last night and I saw somebody called you out. Uh, I think it was Ted. Um, love you, Ted. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's now become this big thing where like me having hesitations about or being more willing to accept him uh, going in some sort of trade just turned into something where it's like, I hate him with a burning passion and I never want to see him prosper. Obviously couldn't be further from the point, but the idea of Mitch and it's like, okay, well you've got a team option next year. If you decline his team option, he becomes a restricted free agent. You meaning the Knicks, he Mitch yes. can't decline his, t- his the team option. The Knicks team can option. decline the team option. Um, or the idea of the Knicks letting it play out and he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2022. And now I know a lot of Knicks fans just at the idea of that are already kind of cringing at like, well, he could walk and he'll leave and we'll lose him for nothing. And I hear you, I do. But I think that there are really sound strategies behind doing both. Um, And I know you are going to be writing about them by the time maybe you've already read the newsletter that John will have coming out. (laughs) But the idea behind it in a lot of ways of like, you could lock this guy down for fairly cheap because in this market with not a lot of teams with money to spend and Mitch's value down a bit, this is an opportunity to lock him up. However, you could also keep him for cheap because you don't know how his game is going to grow. What if he goes out in the market this year and some team offers him $12 million? I'm sure a lot of fans would be like, yeah, sign me up. But the idea of like, well, if he's not going to be I'm not saying he's injury prone because he's not, but the idea of like, we just don't know so much about him where maybe you don't want to go into a long-term contract. Maybe he gets less, in which case, like, that's great. There are a lot of different factors here at play. I think the, the most important point, though, is that in regards to picking up the team option and doing nothing and letting him hit unrestricted free agency, you have him in 2022, that summer, on an incredibly low cap hold because he won't have signed for something bigger. So if you sign into a contract, say this off season, let's say it's $12 million, right? And it's, you know, 8% raise or whatever. Um, then that's going to be, I think, whatever 8% of 12 million is, it's uh, trying to think of quick math here. Oh, I think it's, it's uh, it well, 10% is 1.2, right? So it's, it's yeah. around there. Um, so that opportunity 
cuts into your future cap space versus like, okay, well, yeah, he's unrestricted, but the kind of handshake agreement is we'll pay you more because we can go over the cap to do it. And you won't be a hindrance for when we want to do something bigger. So that's a thought that goes into it. But um, I'll turn it back to you because so, it, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I just think it's whatever people are comfortable with. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of him having the ability to pick 29 other teams and the Knicks have no say in it. So I think coming into this year, um, a lot of us were under the impression that those the two options that you just said, either – <clears throat> you vanquish the team option and um, you make him a restricted free agent this season, or you let him play it out and he becomes unrestricted. We're the only two options because he would play out this year and he'd be good. And he would play up his market value to something more than the max. The Knicks could pay him on an extension if they kept the team option. So let me just put those in, in different words. Um, if they keep the team option, $1.8 million, they are still allowed to extend him moving forward. They could do that this summer. The difference is you could only extend someone for 120% of uh, the maximum or, or the higher of their salary or the league average salary layer of sal- league average salary is $10 million. So the most they could offer him first year of an extension is $12 million. I think we all assume that like Mitch's representatives were not going to sign a contract starting at $12 million. Um, and that they would want something more than that if they made it to this summer um, and that they could um, essentially hold over the Knicks head. They're like, no, we're not going to sign this because we don't have to. We'll either get to unrestricted free agency or if you really want to keep us here, you'll make us restricted now and we'll negotiate a deal that's a little bit higher. What happened with this injury, I think, is at least some of that leverage goes away. And now all of a sudden, if you're Mitchell Robinson and you have made five, I mean, if you factor in taxes and like what, like guys made a couple million bucks as an NBA player, right? If if you factor in everything, right? Um, Now the Knicks are going to be able to go to him and be like, look, we will, we want to keep you here. We will pay you. But, um, you know, we're going to, it's going to be a, a number reasonable to us. And all of a sudden, I think the prospect of them keeping him on the team option for $1.8 million and then negotiating extension of something $12 million moving uh, annually or less from, from that point forward, really, it becomes a real thing. And if you're Mitchell Robinson and you just went down with uh, your second fracture in a month and a half, if I'm him, and again, I only made a couple million bucks and someone's offering me the opportunity to, to get what, 25, 30, $35 million in guaranteed money, maybe a little bit more. That's really interesting. Um, you know, there's other nitty gritty stuff we could get into it. The prospect of them um, agreeing to an extension where they wipe away the team option and start him on a higher figure this next year, but maybe on a declining contract. So if you're the Knicks, you're like, all right, nothing better to do with our cap space right now. We'll pay him a little bit more in the in the immediate future. And then the give and take will be that that number goes down. That's another option. There are a lot of different options that the, that's on the table. And I just, I think generally speaking, if you're Mitchell Robinson, you're sitting there with a broken foot. Maybe you're listening a little bit more. That's all. Um, I, I don't know that we need to say much more on it than that, but it's um, it's unfortunate for him. 
but you know, life is life is funny sometimes. If maybe it keeps him around, and maybe it keeps maybe it gets him paid. So we'll see. Yeah, and there are worse places to be than being twenty three years old, twenty four years old, uh, twenty three years old, and having millions of dollars on a contract, yeah. and you have security. Yeah, it's a happy medium. That's a great part of the compromise. Yes. So. But then you could look at the other perspective with 2022. Um, there, yeah, I really see the positives in both sides. I, I think ideally I'd probably be more comfortable with exercising the, uh, the team option and letting them hit free, free agency in 2022. But if you have the option of, of locking him down this summer for more money. Depends on the number. Yeah, it depends yeah, on the number. It, that's the thing. It's impossible yeah. for us to really gauge without thinking of what his low point is. And what the Knicks, but, you know, high point is. And but I know. just, you know, for, for it seems like the last, I don't know, 18, 24 months, there's been this assumption that Mitch is going to get paid. And it like 15, 16, seven, like Capella's number is 18. You know, like Capella, he's not that good. Mitch is going to be better than Capella. Like these are the kind of conversations we've been having. And I think, I think, two, and I think we were kind of already leading up to this based on the fact that like, yes, there are, if you want to look at numbers that tell you that Mitch wasn't that big of an effect on their defense, you could find those numbers. If you want to look for numbers that tell you that Mitch has been in a massive effect on their defense and a positive, you could find those numbers as well. I've looked at them all. Um, but what hasn't happened is this crystallization of like, holy shit, the Knicks can't let this guy get away. That's We're not there yet. We never got there this year. He's had a good season. I love everything he's done. I love Mitch. I want him to stay around. I don't want to catch any of your hate. Just keep sending your hate to Jeremy. That's at the coincidence on Twitter.com. Um, it makes me stronger. I feel it really does. When I hear it. Um, anyway, let's move on. Um, okay. Couple other things uh, we talked about the roster spot. Oh, the coach, the coach thing. Um, let's let's talk about the coach thing. So the the um, everybody wants some. Everybody wants some of the Knicks. Um, Johnny Bryant was uh, rumored to be in the running for the Utah State head coaching job. Kenny Payne was in the running for the DePaul coaching job, and uh, Mike Woodson was in the running for, or uh, not any longer, uh, the Indiana coaching job. Um, we got reports this weekend that Kenny Payne and uh, Johnny Bryant have uh, withdrawn from consideration for those, those positions. Whereas Mike Woodson will be taking the Indiana job and become the next head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Right. I got that right. Okay. Yep. Um, for the next six seasons, God bless. Uh, thoughts on this generally. I'm mean, uh, happy. Good. I'm happy for Woody. You know, yeah, the ability to go too. back to his alma mater. I'm sure that's really fulfilling for him. But man, to be what about 63 years old and have to do the 63. whole college circuit and high never coached circuit. in college before. Right. That's a lot to do. And I know um, I, I the sentiment I get from uh, Indiana fans is like we're just hiring another Indiana guy to bring us out of the depths and be like, Hey, look at his credentials and look at it's, it's a homecoming. And I don't he, think for anybody who doesn't one. know, he, he played for the school. However, what won 40. a national championship with them too. Yeah. I mean, he was the number, he was a high draft pick. He was drafted by the Knicks yeah. after he played it in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tough to see him go and maybe someone be promoted. If they're not, I'm sure that look, considering the staff and how we're talking about three guys who in their first season are getting interviews and being highly sought after, I'm sure the Knicks will find someone who's fast rising. Um, and don't forget, I mean, that's the other benefit of 
interviewing so many candidates last yeah. year is that now you can go back to them and say, it didn't work out this time, but we have an open slot. If you want this, it's, if you see it as a promotion or even as a lateral move, whatever you might want it to be, maybe with more money, we can provide that for you. And that's great because the Knicks already have a head start in looking for who that person can be. So yeah. I'm thrilled. It also means that the front office clearly knows how to find qualified candidates to build around the Knicks. And for Kenny Payne, it always made sense because he came from the college level and the Knicks are a young team that working with them and the track yeah. record is perfect. And similar could be said of Johnny Bryant, you know, he didn't do college, but he did AAU, I believe. And he also had a pivotal role in working with uh, Millsap, Lillard. All the Utah guys. He's been Mitchell. in Utah for a while. Yeah. Right. So um, it's just nice to know that the people you have are wanted because it reinforces yeah. there was a reason why you hired them in the first place. Yeah. And this is, I, I really don't want the, this is going to come off a shade on Woody because how could it not? Of the three guys, Woody would, is the guy that I'm, I, am most okay with losing. And that's literally the reason is because I'm, I just read press clippings and we've read all kinds of stories about how Johnny Bryant's close with this guy and that guy. And it's Dame Lillard and it's that, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And that is not about the connection because I want those guys to like be Knicks. No, it's about the, the, the development of those relationships and the ability to develop those relationships. And we've also heard, um, you know, this season, even players refer to their work with Johnny Bryan as being important, um, much like Emmanuel quickly referred to his work with uh, Kenny Payne as very important. Talked the other day about uh, talking to, uh, calls him, you know, KP, um, developing his second half goals, um, you know, for the season, or I guess it was a few weeks ago now. But like those two guys feel instrumental to what the Knicks are doing moving forward. I've always thought that Johnny Bryan they hired him to be the next coach of the team after Tibbs moves along. Um, I still feel that way. And um, I'm, I'm happy they're both still here. Happy for Woody. Um, don't need to say anything other than that. Okay. Is there anything we did not talk about that needs to be discussed before we get to our predictions and finish up? I'm trying to think. I mean, it was, a big so. week. it was a busy week. It was a busy it was, week. Yeah. We talked about yeah. the wins. We talked busy about week. the trade deadline, the coaches, Mitchell Robinson. We had a progress report. We talked about the open roster spots, and that was yeah, a fun were, piece of breaking news. I think, I think we've we've come to our uh, our point of you. Shout out to you, John, being correct in both the week and the ten game sample size. So if I were wearing a hat, it would be off to you. Congratulations. I'm just um, I'm noticing I forgot I put on this Wolverine this Wolverine shirt because I wish that Mitchell Robinson was made of adamantium, his skeleton. Mm. So for anybody who doesn't know him. Yeah. yeah. Or I was watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know if you've watched any of I, I have been watching, yes. Yeah. Maybe just turn his foot into vibranium of some sort. <laughs> and we don't have any problems moving forward with big men and their feet. That's the secret. Vibranium. <laughs> and and maybe he can jump out of a helicopter and fall 200 feet and just be totally fine. You know... Yeah, that was funny, by the way. That was a funny scene. I don't, I don't want to, like, that's really not a pivotal plot point if you were behind. No. It's, like, yeah. so minuscule because um, I recognize I should probably be a little bit more cognizant of spoilers since no, um, it's, listen, know, two, it's, hours, it's, two days ago. But um, everybody go, go after you watch the episode, go read uh, Bernardo Zorowski's review of it, which I know he was working dutifully on uh, over, the, over the weekend. Um, I'm a little embarrassed that I actually don't know in Marvel Comics lore 
which is stronger, adamantium or vibranium? I should know that, and I don't. And I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know that. I shouldn't know that. I never read the comics, so you should know that, John. You're like, you're a nerd. I'm happy that I'm not a nerd. Well, I am a nerd in other ways. You're the one with the the Wolverine shirt. So uh, with DC and Marvel, I mean, that's on you. I'm more Marvel. I'm I'm not a huge DC. Although, shout out to Snyderverse. I don't want to get canceled. Um, okay, so I did win because um, I am I am the winner. I am the winner. Um, okay, so we're going to do next 10 games now, right? And we're going to do this week. Okay, so um, who won the 10? Do we know? I, okay, so I'm doing, I, I'm picking first because I, I won the You said five and five, and they've only played nine, but it's, I mean, at worst, it's going to be six. It's going to be five and five. Because it's already five and so four. So I win the week and the last 10. So I get to choose first on both of these. Correct. Okay. We're going to start off with the week. They play um, Miami at home in MSG. And we should note that there's no. So Drogic is back for that game for the Heat. Um, Kendrick Nunn is not uh, playing. And Victor Oladipo is not playing. Although I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Julius Randle and uh, Reggie Bullock are questionable. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is out. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, then they go to Minnesota. Tibbs returns. Um, then a little game against the team that plays in Dallas. That is at Madison Square Garden. Um, and then Saturday, uh, back-to-back off of the Dallas game at Detroit. Talk about a touchy game. Um, the Pistons, they they play to they, – they compete. I've, again, sadly watched several of their games. Okay. Um I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a Jeremy. I'm going to take the chicken's way out, the coward's way out. Um, I'm going to go two and two. Wow. I was really expecting you to say three and one. Were you really? I was, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take three and one. So I I, gave it to you on a platter. So you could thank me later. I hopefully will. Hopefully next Sunday I will thank you. Because I was even going to say like, do I do four and oh? But that's a little ballsy. I don't know if I could do that. I have produced two offspring. And we did not have to try very long for either one. It was like, boom. Like, uh, it's just, it happens. It's the magic. It's the magic. Um, but even my balls are not that big. I'm No. Um, maybe yours are. Maybe you could tell us about them someday. Um, but for right now. 10-day schedule, Joe. 10-game <laughs> schedule next. <laughs> flying, flying high. Um, okay, so we, we spoke about the first four. So the next six after that, um, two more road games after the road game in Detroit um, at Brooklyn and at Boston. So, you know, touchy. And then um, three-game homestand, uh, Memphis, um, Toronto, the Lakers. All three of those are at home. And then uh, finishing up the next 10 games at the New Orleans Pelicans. So for those 10, for those 10, I'm deciding between two. What two do you think I'm deciding between? In terms of numbers? Yeah. I would say you're deciding between six and four. And five and five. And I was actually going to say seven and three. I already did four and four, two and two for the first. Jesus, I know. I mean, well, they could still go what? Uh, I can't do math at the moment. I'm worried. Five and so, one. Okay, I'm worried about Brooklyn. I'm worried about Boston. I mean, 
Memphis at home is not a gimme. Toronto at home is not a gimme. The Lakers, well, Lakers are going to be interesting because we'll see with LeBron, but, you know, and then at New Orleans is not a gimme. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go five and five. All right. I was deciding between four and six and five and five. I'm sorry if that's very, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, this is the Knicks fan. I have been a Knicks fan for longer than you because I'm older than you. It's the PTSD. I'm still, there's still a part of me that's waiting for the other shoe to drop. And yes, it has a little bit to do with the fact of how they came out and played against Washington in the second game and how they played against, you know, Milwaukee and how they played against, um, you know, some of these other teams uh, here and there. I just, I'm a little worried. Hey, I get it. I feel like for all of ours, I'm the one who's being the pessimist. So you're usually more pessimistic. I am. I am. So it gives me great uh, pleasure to say that I think (laughs) we're going to go six and four. We're going to see a six and four movement in the the next 10 games. And I'm going to reclaim my uh, 10 game schedule. Belt. I'm eager. Yeah. The 10 game belt. The the belt. Yeah. And uh, it'll be great. We should have a, let's make a, I'll make a belt. I have some old belts that aren't, that don't fit anymore. Like for a one championship game. belt, or you're just saying like a work leather belt. I I have regular belts, but I'll I'll you well, know. I mean, we got to make it like huge buckle, like comic. Yeah, no, I'll I'll yeah. finagle some kind of piece of metal, and maybe I'll get a hubcap. How about that? That works. I'm sure it does. Okay, um, boy, talk about going off the rails with that Andrew here. Shout out to Andrew, enjoying his his weekend. Uh, He's he's off today, but I'm sure he'll he'll get a kick out of this uh, when he listens to it. Um, Jeremy, anything for you before we get out of here? I guess we'll probably have to say five stars review. Oh yeah, rate, rate, five, review, yeah subscribe, five, five stars. Yeah, uh, review rate. Uh, all that jazz. All the, the thumbs up. Give the yep, thumbs, thumbs up for, up. Your, for your boys. Um, what is this? Bobby Marks, sorry, but last thing. Bobby Marks just had a tweet about us. I'll just read it. I, I'm reading this live. Best way to look at the Knicks at the trade deadline is that they paid $700,000 for a 2021 second round pick. Wait, Wait either Philadelphia or Houston? That is what? that a mistake? Is <laughs> this pretty fucking big? Wait, where? That's like on? a very, that's a very subtle thing to drop. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's either with this pick or like an incredibly much better pick instead. Now we, I am. We hold on, we, can, we, we can't, can't end on this. On this. Uh, right, I'm, I'm going. Sorry, folks listening at home. I have to go to my trusty. By the way, shout out to. Um, I go to this site probably literally once every other day, uh, for re- all kinds of reasons. It is um, a real GM, and if you just Google um, NBA outstanding trades, it will take you right to the page where it has a list of a list of literally every. Um, pick that some team has traded and it organizes it by team and you could see all the picks that teams have outgoing and you could see all the tick uh, picks that teams have um, incoming. So uh, I'm scrolling down now. This is, this is talk- live podcasting here, folks. Live podcasting. Um, see, what I don't really get is that the Houston second round pick is going to Milwaukee. From well, hold the trade on. So, that they had out, PJ Tucker. So, outgoing 2021 second round pick, draft pick to Houston, swap Houston incoming. Houston has the right to swap its 2021 second round pick with Philadelphia's 2021 second round pick. Houston may convey this pick 
to Milwaukee. Oh, yes. To Milwaukee. So Houston has the, if, okay. So let's take this one step at a time. If Houston has the right to swap its 2021 second round pick with Philadelphia's, they are not going to do that. So they will not um, make that swap. So then theoretically, the Houston may convey this pick to Milwaukee will not come into play. See Houston incoming. Now I have to scroll back up to Houston incoming. My God. What is happening here? Okay. Um, 2021. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is this cockamamie. Okay. Houston has the right to swap the more favorable of its 2021 second round pick and Philadelphia's 2021 second round pick for Milwaukee's 2021 first round pick protect. Okay. This is not going to be the Houston pick. Yeah. This is the Philly pick. So Bobby Marks, wherever you are, I love you. I have you on notification. I appreciate your tweets. This was, that was a waste of five minutes of my life. I want it back. I want it back to, I don't know how he's going to get it back to me. And our listeners, you owe like, I don't know how many people listen to the show. I have a feeling you owe several minutes of several people's lives. So let's just know that. (laughs) Thank you. Everyone, everyone should write Bobby Marks right now. And say you stole you waste three minutes fucking- of my life. Unless you're listening to this on like two times speed, in which case you can do the math. If you're listening to it slower to make it sound <sighs> like we're drunk, like then you deserve even more time back. Oh, gosh. But everyone should write him and say, hey, Bobby, fuck you. I want don't my say, time back. I, don't, listen, don't Bobby, do that. <laughs> I want to get Bobby Marks on the show at some point. I, we love you, Bobby, really. But He's great. Seriously, you didn't Great to- follow, but... I want that time back. And he can give it back by coming on the pod. Coming on the show, that's it. Yes. <laughs> if anybody out there listening knows Poppy Marks, tell him yes. Jeremy and Jonathan Macri spoke glowingly of you on their show. Please uh, come on and let them pester you with questions about why you put unnecessary information in your tweets. Okay. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Uh, Gosh, God bless all of you for listening to us. We thank you. We really do appreciate it. And um, if uh, for those of you celebrating uh, this week, uh, have a happy, it's the whole week was happy Passover, right? Yeah. Okay. Happy, happy Passover. I want to make sure I get it right. Um, Chag Sameach. What's that? Chag Sameach. That's the, that's Hebrew. You you don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. I just did it actually. You're welcome. Uh, We'll see you uh, very soon with another episode. Have a great week. 